Radio. I could go into a theater and the second I hear, <coughs> I'm gone. <laughs> I'm out. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be here anymore. You're a fucking recycled air. You're sucking up that. You're sucking up that COVID and you're just blasting it right in my face with your fucking air conditioning that I used to love so much. I used to worship the air conditioning at a movie theater. It used to feel so good. <laughs> my, I would walk into a movie theater and my nipples would just get hard and I'd be like, oh God, it's like the fucking tundra. I love it. I'll tell you, there's new fancy seats though. They're they're heaters, man. I don't care. You feel warm. I don't swamp ass so easily in those. Well, yeah, things. that's what it's like. Egg drop soup, right? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Bros. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. It is good to be back. Yes. I needed to take a little bit of time off. Shit got absolutely fucking insane at work. We got hit with tornadoes and floods, and then we had, like, by the time I was done dealing with that, all, all those claims that I had to deal with, then we got hit by a hurricane that brought us tornadoes and floods. <laughs> And I got made on, on top of the tornadoes and floods in your baby's diaper. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but but I got made part of the part of our catastrophe team, uh, which it, essentially what that means is I was working overtime mm-hmm. seven days a week. I was just working constantly and nonstop, and I just had I I, I, I was just mentally exhausted and had zero time for the show. And unfortunately, the the job that I hate pays me more than the job that I love. So, <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? One's got to give, life. and yeah. the one that puts diapers on said baby's butt mm-hmm. is the one that 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 has to win out there. So unfortunately, I had to tell Jay that we were taking a bit of a hiatus. But don't don't worry. That gave Jay plenty of time to sit at home and make himself cocktails and cut his fucking finger off. That's a lot of blood, guys. That's a lot of blood. Yeah, Jay cut his finger off. I did. I cut the tip of my finger off accidentally with one of those, you know, fruit vegetable peelers. Just the tip, just for a second, just just to see how it feels. And it doesn't feel good at all. And it bled for a good six hours. I was in the ER for five and a half hours, and um, it was not fun at all. From 9.30 p.m. to 3 a.m. I didn't want to tell you this at the time, but like, why didn't you just turn the stove on and just jam your finger onto it and just stop? Because I'm not a man, Dave. Not a real man. Do you ever see? Do you ever see those TikToks? My of the balls guy? still have not dropped. Yet. Do you ever see the TikToks of the guy? Be a man. <laughs> if it won't stop bleeding, I know. Back in the day, of course, that's what they would have done. Be but a man. Jesus Christ! It's it's so painful because the tip is exposed and all those nerve nerves endings and all that bullshit's exposed right now. So I got to you have a minor, for at least you have a, a month. minor minor uh, feeling of what it felt like to be circumcised. Oh as a baby, God. like it's just all those nerve endings, the tip just out there flapping in the breeze, and the breeze kind of hurts. Ooh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this week, me and Jay are going to run through a brief what are you watching? Jay actually watched a metric fuck ton because I don't know if you know this, but since he's been living on his own, he has very little human interaction, and most human interaction he gets through his television screen. He hasn't yeah. been going on a whole lot of dates. Uh, he hasn't no. really been been living life to the fullest because uh, he's been busy at work, too. So he's got a metric fuck ton of shit to talk about, but I've asked him to pare it down. I did. Uh, for, for, for tonight. Um, I all, have, all new releases, you cool. know, that's all. I have one 
one thing to talk about and what are you watching I got I, I started watching the new Mike Flanagan horror TV show yep. on Netflix uh, and then uh, we're going to do a trailer park breakdown I'm sorry trailer park see look at that it's like I forgot how to do this show already uh, <laughs> so we're going to be doing a trailer park breakdown for House of the Dragon coming to HBO in 2022 the prequel series and I guess successor to sure. Game of Thrones sure and then of course Jay we're gonna get that venom, 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 venom. Just the <laughs> not, not the voice I thought you were gonna go with on that. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's like it's the Eminem song, right? Okay, that, right. <laughs> he did on the soundtrack for the for the first Venom movie. I thought it'd be more like yeah. Eddie. I'm hungry. Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to get into the uh, like this armless, legless thing, like a turd <laughs> in the wind. <laughs> No, uh, well, I mean, now to just do an impression of of the new Venom, it's just oh yeah, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> three times he says oh yeah in that movie, <laughs> three oh, times God. oh yeah, and what you will find out, guys, is Venom is a big gay bear. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that. We'll save that for the for the spoilers. Oh, but can't wait for that. Yeah. I was I was absolutely giddy at that scene where I was like, all right, Venom, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I'm down. I love it. I am loving this. Uh, so me and Jay are going to have our Venom Let There Be Carnage review. But uh, Jay, before we get into that, let's get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Oh, he's watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, Jay. What would you get down to watching this week? Uh, well, I saw a few movies, all recent uh, features that were uh, relatively kind of out there and known. I'll first start off with Netflix's The Guilty, Antoine Fuqua and Jake Gyllenhaal starter thriller, essentially. It's like a 911 dispatcher thriller, um, essentially follows a, a police officer. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did they make this movie already with Halle Berry? Perhaps. Okay. I'm pretty I sure I'd see that movie, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> pretty Took sure. Give me a moment. I'm pretty sure there was one with Howie Barry yes. where she was a, where she was an M1 dispatcher. Yeah, this one. Um, Correct I would, me. I would, I would say wrong, you know it's tight. You obviously, dare. it's tight. It's it's 90 minutes, right? Yeah. So it's it's pretty much all essentially in one room. Just how Jay likes it. And Jake really he he did a good job. I, I'll tell you, he, he he shows his chops. And what's interesting about this is it's engaging enough. Certain aspects of the story within these characters like is that what you find interesting about it? Here's what I find interesting about it: you have a top name director and you have a top name talent mm-hmm. in the movie. It's a Netflix original, and it never broke into number one on Netflix. It got the number two, but not number one. Not number one. I, I was surprised. I, I was like, all right. Well, I, mean, I was this- a little surprised, but I think it's because there was no real marketing and lead up to it. There it just dropped. Was it pretty none. much just dropped. Which probably tells me that Netflix probably just recently purchased this. It's such a small little thing. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really understand it, but I understand why it's there, to be honest, at the same time. So I, uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a solid movie. I will say that. It's well, a this solid wasn't going to be making ninety million at the box office opening. No, 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 yeah, no, no, I mean, no, no, no. It's not that at all. And, I mean, I mean, no say, no say. But at the same time, it's a worthy enough feature for you to watch, be gripped upon. Now, it's a, it's not perfect. You know, it's it's a little bit flawed as far as its choices later on in the movie. Yeah, the the story reveals that I can't fucking spoil, of course. Right. Um, it was him the whole time. But it's a solid B movie, and it's mainly because of the gripping aspect of the thriller. You really, and, you and really peaked Hall's- the audio with that. But 
You really peaked the audio with yeah, that. Yeah, well, our aging microphones are now crapping out, so go, go figure. It's it's the XLR cables. It's not the microphones. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the difference between replacing a $120 piece of equipment well, versus replacing true. a $10 true, equi- true. piece of equipment. So, <laughs> anyway. So, the guilty, I will give a B. A B. All right. So, um, I, I wanted to watch Squid Game. I really, really did. I keep hearing about this fucking thing. But I didn't get around to watching it. But from what I understand, you know, and people will correct me who have already seen it, I'm sure. But it's kind of like born out of uh, out of Battle Royale, like the Japanese movie Battle Royale, where kids are selected from a class and they get put on an island and they all get a weapon and they have to kill each other until there's one left standing. Uh, okay. and, but it's kind of like that. But it also gets into socioeconomic and poverty and stuff like that. Anyway, I want to watch it. It sounds extremely interesting, and I'm really down to watch it. So maybe next week I'll, I'll be able to talk about it because this week I started watching Midnight Mass, which is this, uh, which is the new Mike Flanagan show on Netflix. I mean, it's become kind of like a yearly tradition now that every year Mike Flanagan has a new horror show come out. I mean, previously he had done The Haunting on Hill House that everybody. I, I think everybody really, really enjoyed, and then he did Haunting at Bly Manor, which I think was much maligned, uh, but Midnight Mass, I think, is more of like a return to form. It's definitely a slow fucking burn, though. It's, okay. it's extremely interesting, and I, I... In the realm of, like... I have one more episode to go. type thing, or like... No, no, more, more, more like... Hill House haunted, like haunting a Hill okay. House. More when I say return to form, I mean more like that. Um, and of course, Mike Flanagan, director of Doctor Sleep, and he did Gerald's Game sure. on uh, Netflix. On Netflix, both highly yeah challenging movies to pull off, and he did. If I had to, if I had to say that that Midnight Mass is like anything, it's like haunting a Hill House meets Stephen King's Salem's Lot. So, all right. Well, I'm not getting that reference. But, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, but Mike Flanagan's obviously known for his adaptations of Stephen King and his Correct. and his King esque, uh, you know, level of horror. I mean, it's that's what's here. That's what you're looking at. This is this is Mike Flanagan doing their best interpretation mm-hmm. of Stephen King mm-hmm. um, without having a Stephen King source material to work off of. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. The the but uh, what, I, what I what I mean by slow is. There really isn't there. There's a few things that's like, huh? That's weird. Mm, that's curious. That happened in the first two episodes, but it's really not until episode three and four that you're just like, oh shit. And by the end of episode four, that's when you're like, oh shit. Like that's when things start getting really fucking crazy. Um, it is heavily religious inspired, and I I, I do want to say that I think a fair bit of my enjoyment of this show comes from the fact that is it, it heavily plays on the Catholic church and me having been and the al- tropes of the Catholic church. And and stuff. The, well, the, uh, it just me having been like the, the, the theological arguments that they're having. It's like, it, it, mm. it, it's very reminiscent of my time in Catholic school and my time as an altar boy where I was, Jesus, David. It's not even the Patreon episode. So. I know. But we did that entire episode where, like, I was very upset that, like, our our, I know, our I know. former priest, <laughs> our former priest was was arrested for oh for child God. molestation. You're like, well, why not me? Yeah, and, but 
never once made a pass at me and i was just like you know i was always that little bit of a tubby boy and now now i know that's what hurt me he was not a chubby chaser but no it 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 does it does just get into the catholic church like very heavily so i think like my background and knowledge of the catholic church and and having literally been around for for adults while i was growing up teachers and and priests having these type of theological conversations you know it the same way that some people might roll their eyes at it i roll my eyes at them even harder (laughs) so there's a level of enjoyment that comes out of Mm -hmm. it because of that uh but no i highly recommend it if you if you've liked you know mike flanagan's previous stuff that we've mentioned I think you should check it out. I'm not going to give it a score. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's on free. I'm not Jay. I don't have to. I, I don't have to fucking rate and review fucking everything. But all right, it's good enough for you to waste some time on it if you got nothing else to do. I I do I do really want to watch Squid Game though. Like I'll get to it though. You will. You will. All right, Jay. What else did you get? So I was actually uh, rewatching the Sopranos series, and uh, for a lead up of the, the new, the, the you know the new movie, the prequel movie, uh, the many scenes of Newark. Right. Yeah. It was such a nostalgic bomb revisiting that series, and Tony Soprano you know, back in the day, when and he it was is a young really lad. solid, and you understand why it was a success as it was, especially at that time period, because you know well, things I was- like that weren't out there i was talking to some and- friends about this on 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 uh the, the people i game with and stuff like that we were talking about like like so i brought up the the many saints of newark and how i wasn't going to watch it because i was not a huge sopranos fan right um I, i'm not a big fan of mafia stuff i think i am i was happening yeah. i think growing up a fucking guido automatically you know it meant that i should like that stuff which automatically well, already living a day-to-day so no like, no well. but but like <laughs> but automatically me in my brain always having to be counterculture and counterintuitive to to my own nature if i'm italian i should like that stuff i'm gonna make sure that i don't like that stuff right just to just because and that, that that that's the young rebel in me <laughs> Uh, it was but, also like really like eye awakening as far as like also it came at a time where I was not like I didn't have HBO I was not in okay. in the zeitgeist of yeah. movies and stuff like that it was just a stack of DVDs that I occasionally had to put back on the shelf at Blockbuster because people really loved that shit and they rented the shit out of seasons of it uh, people would people would just drop you know I'm gonna rent all five uh, all five discs of the Sopranos plus the bonus disc. <laughs> Put it on my tab. I'll bring it back in a week. <laughs> I don't even care if two of them are late. You know what I mean? Like that's that that's the type of shit. Like people, so like putting it back on the shelves and stuff. Like that that's 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 how much of the Sopranos that I that I knew of. Um, I've seen a few episodes here and there, but none of it was ever like I really want to sit down. I want to watch this whole series. That being said, I do want to do it now. Now I think really? I'm ready to. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, now I think it, I'm ready. Again, to. it's also a slow burn, but it's also a very interesting character development. It's also um, HBO's first big, huge, big hit. thing. I mean, they they had Oz, which was Emmy, which was which was Emmy award winning. I think that was after Sopranos. Six Feet Under. No, Oz was before. Was it? They had The Wire, which was which was right around the same time as Sopranos starting and stuff like that. Right before. But both of them, both of them were like Emmy award winners, and they were very but much. No show. Like they were the very, ratings weren't right. there. They were very much like yeah. the mayor of East Town, that which yeah. was this year. It's yeah. it, it's it's something that like people who enjoy that type of of, of slow burn dramatic thing which could really enjoyed, get into. Yeah. But then The Sopranos was the first thing that HBO did that was like, this is a cultural fucking phenomenon. Like, because again, first time the trope of the mafia um, always has been popular. And then like kind of having this 
grounded sensibility to it where well, like you kind of took a step back i think and people, it had a lot of the psychoanalysis aspect to it all to right, kind of because he was seeing a therapist correct so they, and, they essentially and were really like try to unravel it let's, but also make it realistic still let's tell time. a long form story of the godfather but sure. we're gonna blend in uh, a new age realism to it all no a family uh, dynamic analyze this and analyze that we're gonna blend them with the godfather and we're gonna give you tony soprano and people are gonna love it and it turned out that they were right people people do love it yeah. people do love watching um, you know, a mob boss having to do the things that mob boss does, but it doesn't mean he has to like it. And it doesn't mean that he has to, uh, yeah, that, that, sure. that he can't be emotional about it. You know what I mean? And but, the old traditions and, and tropes of that, right? Very conservative values. And there's are, something that's that's interesting about seeing someone who I would categorize as fucking evil. You know, and he is. Then but go, again, also go, showing this other side of coin, but like evil people can also be charming people too, right? And but still human. But also see him go and cry about it. Yeah. See him like lament that, like you know, I, I'm this evil person. But like, we'll wrestle with it right. with, with certain aspects. But sometimes. it's just what I fucking do. Well, it's yeah. not who I am. It's, it's what I fucking it, it, do. And it, it, it is, and that's essentially <laughs> what it is. It also, is. the accents. Fuck, I hate. I hate the that 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 you get you get used to it pretty quickly. I hate that Northern Jersey like well I know. <laughs> Italian accent. I'm, I'm quite used to it with work and these then also, guys, these fucking guys. Let me tell you, yeah. what I'm gonna do to these fucking guys. I'll tell you yeah. what I do to these fucking guys. I'll chop the fucking balls off. That's what I'll fucking do. The balls off, Jay. I'll chop the fucking balls off. And that's part of my problem with this movie. <laughs> it's just that because <laughs> that North there's, Jersey there's accent. Aspects, well, the, because certain characters are playing caricatures of these characters because like some of these people are younger versions of these actors okay. from the sopranos show is there a younger version of big pussy yeah yes and um you know but ultimately it does follow mainly uh who was not in the sopranos dicky uh Moltisanti, christopher's father Okay. Who was mainly the guy running the show for the most part during this period of time before, obviously, he was killed. You know, no real big spoiler. But, like, you know, it's, it is it is what it is. So, he's, in, he's in the mafia. I'd be, I'd be yeah, surprised if it exactly. didn't, if it didn't right. involve their death. But Junior's in it. Young Tony Soprano, played, but played by his son, James Gandolfini's son, uh, who did a fantastic job. Michael, he really did a fantastic but job. But let me tell you something. If um, you watch The End of Sopranos mm -hmm. and you walk away saying, I don't think Tony Soprano's dead. Then you never watch any other mob movie ever. <laughs> Tony Soprano's dead. Yeah, and and, and <laughs> the motherfucker is dead. You know, and then also listen to uh, Mark Maron's podcast with David Chase, the creator of the, of the Sopranos, and who wrote this movie. Yeah, um, and listening to him really made me realize he got lucky with the Sopranos. He ain't that talented. As much as he wants to be a talented motherfucker, and and but just remember, somebody, he was not the only which writer. Made, which goes to show. The rest of his career has been shit. Yeah. Besides the Sopranos, he, it gives, and this movie is part of that because the writing is so fucking half baked. That's the goddamn problem with this movie. There's so much good elements sprinkled in there where this should have been a miniseries to close it up if you want to do a prequel story. But it's not a the way he set this up with all these different characters and a whole black mob uh, sub story that was not necessary at all. Uh -huh. To add more filler, he, dude. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm yawning, not because you're boring, just because I'm tired. <laughs> well, the point is, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily a boring movie, but it was a disappointing movie. Okay, for me because yeah, I told you I wasn't gonna watch it because I was it, never in love with Sopranos. I never watched the whole series, so it's not that it was poorly executed. It's just that it was half baked because of the the fucking script. Yeah, you're setting up 
stories and idea threads that are not being answered, not being completed, not fully developed. And you had this opportunity to do anything. A farewell. After all these years. A farewell at the very least. <sighs> Come on. So it was, a, it, was, it was still a disappointment for me, but ultimately it is, it's not a bad movie. You know, there's like, you know, I just had high hopes and it's nothing like The Sopranos. Better so expecting like just anything like The Sopranos. It's not. Better or worse than Venom 1. <laughs> It's better. No, it's it's a B minus. It's a B minus <laughs> okay, movie. Okay. No, no, it, I give it a B minus. It, it's it's not. It's 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 um, you know, I talked to a couple people, older folks who who used to watch The Sopranos. Older this movie. folks. Okay, they yeah. enjoyed this movie, and I was like, really? Mm, okay. okay. I'm like, yeah, I, I liked it. You know, so there's a lot of things to it, but like, it, it was half baked. Okay, let's let's do this. Uh, as good as El Camino. I never watched El Camino. I had no desire to watch it. The, you never watched the follow up? Yeah, we we did a review on it. You oh, El Camino. I thought. Oh, I'm I'm thinking of um, that Clint Eastwood movie that just dropped. Um, no, El that's Macho or what the fuck it is? Cry Macho. Cry Macho. Cry Macho. Sorry. Um, oh, I liked El Camino a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. I Science. Like El Science, bitch. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jack. Uh, is is that it? Are you done with yeah, what are you I'm watching? Done with that movie. Right. Well, no, not not for that, but no. I mean, just for that movie. Oh, no, Jesus gotta, Christ! Wow, well, I told you to pare it down. I did. I was only two movies. Jesus Christ! Then that's all you got time for. No, no, no. I, I will quickly all, talk. That's all you have time for. Oscar, uh, uh, Oscar Isaac's The Card Counter is a B minus. It's a character study indie movie. Um, um, you know, from the follow up of Mister. Of the great Paul Schrader, who did, um, you know, Ethan Hawke's great performance of First Reformed that came out a few years ago in uh, 2017. This okay. was a very interesting, bleak movie. Well done. Okay. Nothing special. It's very forgettable. Now, the big one I want to talk about is Titan. Titan is the follow-up to the writer-director of Raw. You liked Raw. I liked Raw. I would recommend this as you well. A, you, you asked me if I saw Titan, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck you're it talking It literally about. just dropped. It's a very, it's a French indie movie, and it's yeah. it, it won the Palme d'Or, which is a big, Ooh. it's a big award for camp film. Ooh, it won the Palme d'Or, and it is when it wins Brasser's awards for best blowjob. Look, I'll watch this, it. this, <laughs> this is a great movie that I do need to rewatch, and I'm going to go to the theaters and see this again. Is it horror? It's like that, like Raw? Well, Raw wasn't horror; it was thriller, but it's in the same vein. It's fucking crazy, though. I don't feel it, like... Because there's a little high concept elements to it. Jay, my eyes as, are tired. I don't feel like reading subtitles. This is why I didn't watch Squid Game this week. Yeah, but it's not heavily... My eyes are tired. It's not, it's not heavily dialogue. Okay. Um, Unlike this podcast. There's and, a lot of mystery to it. And, and there's you're, a lot of bonkers <laughs> shit. But like I said, there's a lot of like weird sci-fi element twist you're like, what a you're, mild one to it you're what you're watching is getting uh it's I'm almost done motherfucker it's weighing on me i'm getting tired and on, but what do you expect they're like a month off <laughs> i expected you to just ignore some shit that you've seen and just i accept I that this is all the new big stuff i have to talk about Tatan's not big buddy it is only big it's to a you pomp door winner uh, uh, it's only it's only for big the to indie you. crowd yes i feel I, I feel like this is every time you unzip this your is pants a must watch to a girl movie. for the first time you're just like huh how is it and she's like i guess it's big to you i don't know it's kind of small <laughs> it's how you work it um so this is a b plus with a potential getting higher okay and if there's a second watch okay um but is for the indie crowd it's a must watch movie okay i'll get around to it someday please do when it's free somewhere it will be one day hopefully <sighs> Yeah. That's it, Dave. All right, good. Jesus Christ. I watched The Wonder Years. 
Boo. No, I mean, I did. I watched the new Wonder Years uh, that's narrated by Don Cheadle. I am enjoying it. Um, I do I, I do like seeing the uh, 1968 uh, portrayed by, you know, portrayed by by a black kid yeah, being narrated by Don Cheadle and stuff like that. Oh, obviously, cool. obviously a very different setting uh, than the original one, even though it's the same time period. Very different setting because we're because we're following black youths of of 1968. Uh, not not to spoil it too much, but, uh, you know, shit goes down like the death of Martin Luther King. That's kind of like where they start the series and it's like wow all right pretty impactful uh also dule hill plays his dad and i i ever since i saw dule hill in west wing i was always like that is one of the coolest motherfuckers i've ever seen with one of the coolest fucking names ever dule hill fucking love him uh so if you haven't checked out wonder years it's good uh without even knowing it before i even knew that the wonder years was coming out with a new series um, I actually went back and I rewatched it's all billboard. I watched the entire series of Wonder Years uh, during our time off because it was just like my I'm cooking dinner. I need to put something on. Put on the Wonder Years. How many seasons? There's that? like there, there's four, five. Uh, Not that many. Um, and, and so I, I just enough. it was just like my background thing. It was on. I've seen the Wonder Years. Were they years. thirty minutes or they were thirty were they an hour? Okay, minutes. okay, okay. But it, it was it was like my background thing, and so I just put on the Wonder Years, and I realize that Kevin Hart Kevin Arnold might be in, might be perfect for like a top 10 list of characters you love to hate. I hate Kevin oh, Arnold. I don't like interesting. him. He's the he's the most selfish little bastard I've ever seen. But like when I watched it before, I always identified with Kevin Arnold. Now when I watch it, I find myself like identifying with other people looking at Kevin Arnold just being like not the time or place because dude. your complaints and viewpoints were vicariously like, through his I'm, eyes. Still, I I now watch kind it of an and I relate to the dad, the dad, the exactly. dad who comes in the house. Well, of course, no one's allowed to talk to him. He grumbles as he walks <laughs> through the kitchen. Of course, and he slams his briefcase down and he loosens up his tie and he sits at the he sits at the table and his wife brings him a, a cocktail. <laughs> it's just like it's the American dream, right there. <laughs> I'm the dad. That's pretty much what you're. Used to relate to you Kevin know, Arnold and his woes over over Winnie Cooper, but now but only now, you have to make your own cocktail. Though. But now, <laughs> right. but now, but now, no, I'm I'm the dad. I uh, I'm Kevin's dad. That's what, that's what I've become. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, but no, so just unprompted, I watched The Wonder Years just as like a shut my brain that's off. That's pretty random. It's put something on, and then like midway through it, I found out that there was a new Wonder Years coming out, and I was like, huh. Serendipity. I'm sure it's somewhere. Yeah, it is. I saw that there was. A so new, in the back of your mind, you're like, I knew. So, so I might have seen a billboard or saw that a new I, Wonder I, Years I, was oh, coming. 95. Out. I know there is. Yeah. That 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 got me to want to watch it. That that subliminal uh, subliminal messaging that you know the way advertising works. But yeah, I, I I think the new Wonder Years is worth a shot. It's very different than the original one, so don't expect that. But it's good. I like it. All right. Uh, that's it. That's it. That, that's what I got down to watching. That's what Jay's got down to watching. Jay. We got a trailer park to do. Mm-hmm. That was a very subdued trailer park for me. But, but, but you know, Jay's What Are You Watching took it out of me a little bit. So. <laughs> but, Jay, yeah, we got a trailer park. We, we got a trailer park to do uh, for House of the Dragon, That's the new right. Game of Thrones television series that will be coming to HBO and HBO Max in 2022. God damn right. Thomas E. Nucci, drop that beat. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but it's a new wave. We've been on since trust. God saved the right style. I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop.
All right, so George R. R. Martin's back on HBO with a, another Game of Thrones series. Uh, he's, you know, it's not Dan and Dave this time. The creators are Ryan J. Condal and Charmaine de Great, uh, and they are the creators of the of of all ten episodes of the first season. So we do know that it's going to be ten episodes, and this will follow the story of the Dance of the Dragons, Jay. Uh, Dance of the Dragons was a Targaryen civil war, was a split that occurred between the Targaryen family. On one side, we had Rhaenyra Rhaenyra Targaryen, who was heir apparent to the throne, named by her father, Viserys Targaryen, after he was unable to have any male heirs to the throne, he named his daughter Rhaenyra Targaryen his successor. But after the death of his wife, he then marries Alicent Hightower, uh, who is the daughter of his Hand of the King, Otto Hightower, who's going to be played by uh, Race Ivans. Uh, so he marries he marries a younger wife who is fertile, and guess what, Jay? She gives birth to sons. And upon his death, he still wished that his daughter, Rainara, would take the throne. But before his body was even called, Alicent had her son crowned king. Mm. Ergo. Rhaenyra Targaryen, who is also very much in love and in a relationship with the brother of the king, Viserys Targaryen, if her uncle, not unheard of for Targaryens, who's played by Matt Smith, Daemon Targaryen. Her and Daemon then battle Alicent Hightower for the throne and control over Westeros, and thus begins the Dance of the dragons. That's essentially the story that we're going to see. But there are a lot of caveats that are going to be in this first season. Um, I, I don't think they're going to get right into the Dance of the Dragons. More or less, I think the king will probably die towards the end of the season. That might even be like the big episode nine reveal. And then we will get into the fact that there will be a Targaryen civil war. And from there, they that 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 will be pretty much dominate the series um you know the difference between this and the original game of thrones it's not going to be shocking to see a dragon because dragons exist they've just been there yeah ever since the Targaryens arrived part of life this is 200 Don't years this is 200 years before robert's rebellion and and the events of game of thrones uh the series so dragons are just going to be just going to be there um you're also going to see a whole lot more of valyrians because at this time the Targaryens were not the only valyrians there uh there was also that the house valerian who came from who came from old valyria um and we will see essentially a completely different political landscape mm-hmm. but still the same political turmoil and uh how do i say the the ladder climbers the the peter baelishes of the world who are all clamoring to get to get to the top and you know chaos you know, chaos is a ladder sure, that, that sure. he used to say. Um, it's going to be extremely interesting. I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I, I'm, I do really, really enjoy the cast. So uh, there is Olivia Cook. She is going to be playing Allison Hightower. You may remember her from Ready Player One. She no, she's Artemis. a very talented actress. Yeah. One of the cool things in the trailer that I really liked was, A, I liked seeing, I, I liked seeing Dark Sister and 
and Blackfire. Those were the two uh, Valerian steel swords that are the ancestral swords of of House Targaryen. So they're there. We see a very different looking throne than we did in the we Game do. of Thrones series. Much uh, more ne- book accurate. Uh, yeah, it's 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 now all the steps leading up to the throne have melted swords and stuff leading up to what now looks like a much higher, grander, different, scale. still cool. Yeah, I, I like both. I, they're just different. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we see Alicent Hightower at one point. Uh, she seems to be like rushing towards somebody with a dagger in her hand, and it's a Valerian steel dagger. And the dagger looks all so familiar. It looks like the cat's paw dagger. So we may we may get That's the a nice reference. We may get the origin of that of that uh, of that dagger. But I don't expect them to like pay a whole lot of attention to it. I don't think they're going to be as in your face as it's just like this is where the cat's paw yeah, dagger. Can-. It, it's, it's just going to be there it's for the fans. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, for, it's the, the high, the people picking fans, up, you know, the Easter egg. One fans. of the things I really liked was I was also we also see a Targaryen going into battle in a list, like like at a tourney, and he's got like this black armor with black dragon wings coming off the helmet with this with with these like feathers in the center it's of it really that cool make looking. it look like fire and yeah, stuff like that. Really cool. That's more than likely going to be Matt Smith. It's going to be Daemon Targaryen. Um, you know, he was supposed to be extremely extremely well versed uh, in battle. So I I I look forward to seeing stuff like that i just want to get back to this world Matt smith is everywhere i know but i just want to get back to this world i just want to be in it and i'm happy i'm happy that we're that we're going to be getting into it again right around the corner and sure. uh if you know if, if this is not based off of any book or anything like that these events are mentioned throughout the story of the of game of thrones more so in the so books what, what is your take on that what's that that there's no there is to judge but there is Okay. There, there, there well, is. Well, I mean, I, yeah. Okay. I just, There's I, a reference book that called is very, that is "Fire and Blood." True. That is vaguely true. I know. I which, know. which goes but through the entire hard, history. Of this. It's not like hard direct sequels from books. Well, no. You know the but the events of this are mentioned in correct. But there's a lot more leeway with right. this. Right, it, in it, the original series, it, it is mentioned in the in the novels, in the Song of Ice and Fire novels. All these events are there. All these all these right. characters are named in there. Sure, sure, sure. And then, of course, yeah. the big fans of it have read Fire and Blood, the, the 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 reference book that is the entire history, the encyclopedia essentially for the entire history of of the Targaryen family from from Aegon Targaryen, Aegon Targaryen, and the Conquering all the way up and beyond the Dance of Dragons to Robert's Rebellion and the end of the Targaryen line. So big fans are going to have plenty of things to fucking pick apart in this. Sure. It's just you got to remember when Game of Thrones came out, the fan base for it was low. There was people who were fans of fantasy novels. There was people in the know and people who who grabbed, you know, New York Times bestsellers off the shelves and read them because they were New York Times bestsellers, mm-hmm. which you'll find out as a thing that means absolutely nothing. Um, but this time around, there's a fandom for it. Because that fandom exists because of the HBO show. So you're probably going to have more critical eyes on it now than you did in the early seasons of Game of Thrones. Well, let me rebuttal with my concern is the average watcher. Are you going to rebuttal or are you going to rebuke the non-lore people? It's a rebuke? Like me. I'm not a huge lore person. So for me to go into watching this, if this doesn't catch me... I'll yeah sure I'll give it I'm not but I'm not gonna like force myself to watch the whole series if I'm not into it you know yeah I'm gonna watch it no I know but I'm just saying because I'm a big lore guy because I'm not 
And if it's not catching me and I'm not getting into it and I'm not excited and it's not interesting to me, I'm gonna pull I'm already the plug. Caught. I'm already caught. I love I I, I love the, the trailer look of didn't it. do much for me. Well, it's not even a trailer. This is a teaser trailer. This literally is sure, just showing you sure. clips and bits. It's not even getting into the story at all. In fact, I don't even think there's more than two or three lines of dialogue in it. So it's not it's not even getting into into the story at all. This is just what I know based on the characters as I'm looking at them on IMDb and knowing that this is going to be leading into the into the Dance of the Dragons. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. I think for for the the the, the longevity yeah. of this needs to rely on a little bit of folks like me. Lots, to lots stay of with it, lots of dragons, it. lots of dragon battles. You will see dragon. It's called a dance of the dragons, not just because of they are Targaryens and therefore dragons. Also, they literally flew dragons into battle, and some battles were won by one dragon rider killing another dragon rider and their dragon. Cool. So okay, budget higher. Yeah, hopefully they don't skip out on the budget. I don't you know? think so. <laughs> also, very excited that it's not Dan and Dave. Obviously, you know, Dan and Dave left this left this world behind, and some would say they left it in tatters uh, when 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 they left with their series. I think nah. I think their series ended fine. It wasn't great. Never reached the heights that it I'm did. Fine with it. But it just ended, uh, and they were done it with makes it. Sense. They went off to Star Wars, and then start, and then they were like, uh, "We don't want to do this." And now they're signed on for something at Netflix, and we don't know what it is still to this day. I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about them because I don't want to see anything they have coming out. Really, I don't think they're all that talented. I think like the Sopranos I, creator, exactly. That's my take on it. I'm like, I, I'm not worried. about They jumped about on them. the right property at the right time, and they got lucky. And Sometimes I think whatever that's what happens, whatever they do from here on out, it's probably going to be meh. Sometimes that's what's happening. But mean, I really I, look forward I, the, to the one guy is married to Amanda Pete. My Where's only, <laughs> my only regret about this series coming out is that it's one more thing for George R. R. Martin to focus on, where he isn't writing the Winds of Winter and isn't getting that fucking fifth book out. That son of a bitch. Or is it the four, uh, sixth book? No, fifth book. Fuck. He's got a book that needs to come out. Six book. It's the six book. So <laughs> I'm counting the books on the shelves right now. So Winds of Winter and then A Dream of Spring are still to come. But um, Winds of Winter has been delayed since 2011. Jay. Has he written other books? Since 2011. Oh, he writes tons of other things, Jay. He just Is wrote. He good? Do you like it? He just do, you, do you read other stuff of his? He just wrote a reference guide to an MMORPG video game. <laughs> and he's been he, he's been writing the, the, the House of the Dragon reference book. Uh, he has like like he writes uh, novellas that take place in the Game so, of Thrones so, universe. So he's doing a lot. And then he also shows up to cons, and he's also a producer on multiple things I'm at the same about time. I'm talking pre-Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. a good writer. Because he's an old guy. I like his stuff. He's not that old. He's just he not that healthy. He's just not that healthy either, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> he gets mad when people talk about his health because, uh, you know. Shut up. I'm going to drink my bottle of Jameson and no, write me a book. That's not him at all. He he just he loves solitude, but like at the same time, like anyone else, any red blooded American, he also likes money. And when when HBO calls or someone else calls and they're like, "Hey, you want to make you make some quick coin and do this thing?" He's like, "Yep." Yeah. But don't you have a book to finish? Yep. <laughs> but the book can wait. I like and and the best part is his publisher. He's got them by the balls because oh, they know. Of course, he knows. Millions that. of people are clamoring for this book, so like they can't be like, "Look, we're gonna you're, you're out. We're gonna have someone else come in and finish your series." Because he owns the series, so they can't do that. He'll just go to another publisher and make mm. millions there. <laughs> yep. So yep. Uh, that's the only regrettable thing is that it's just one more thing to make uh, to, to to make a uh, Winds of Winter take even longer to come out. In the books, Jon Snow's still dead. 
<laughs> like that's that's where the books left us. Like Jon Snow was stabbed twenty three times by fucking Night's Watch. Oh shit, that's the last and book. It's, and it's bleeding out in the snow. That's yeah, that's that that happens in, in a big dragon. So it's just like whatever. Who knows what's gonna happen here? Huh? Yeah. Yep. 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 Anyway, Jay, it's time to get into our review for Venom. Let there be carnage. All I ever wanted in this world is carnage. I'm not a crazy man. Why are you vengeful? Well, while Jay catches up on uh, the Wikipedia page of one George Railroad Martin, uh, let me give you a synopsis, a breakdown of Venom. Let there be carnage. Eddie Brock is some time removed from the events of Venom, and he and the symbiote have gotten into a level of complacency or at least tolerance of one another um however there to is some degree in a day-to-day life yeah. there there is still some some strife there uh and the the venom symbiote is starting to to branch out it's starting to want to spread its wings a little bit it's starting to want to control eddie a little bit more and uh it's just not getting what it needs out of this relationship and we all know from from eddie brock's previous relationship with michelle williams character that he's not one for really opening up and letting other people have what they need it's really it's really just the eddie show and venom is getting a little bit tired of it you know he wants to eat people and Eddie won't let him eat people. Keeps giving him chickens to eat, and Venom just keeps making friends with more chickens. <laughs> uh, and uh, of, of course, this uh, brings Eddie face to face with one Cletus Cassidy, uh, a an inmate, serial killer inmate, who has taken a liking to Eddie Brock. And now the police are in Eddie Brock's ear to get information out of Cletus Cassidy so that Cletus can reveal the location of some of his missing victims before he is put to death. Eddie Brock begins getting close to Cletus Cassidy until Cletus Cassidy uh, has an interaction with Eddie Brock that leaves a small piece of Eddie and the symbiote inside of him. Thus, Carnage is born. And Eddie and Venom must put their differences aside, Jay, to combat the new symbiotic threat. A more perfect symbiotic threat, mm. which, uh, you know, is, is kind of the crux of, of the story. Can these two put their differences aside so that they can defeat they're the evil version of themselves, essentially. Like, you know, Carnage is the more evil version of Venom. And Cletus Cassidy, sure. uh, he constantly keeps trying to make references to how similar him and Eddie are. Which is weird. Which is weird because I don't say it. 
It's no. just like, oh, I mean, is Eddie a piece of shit? Yeah. But he's but, also mental, so maybe he's just like a fanboy, like delusional right, dude. But like, there's like there, there there's a difference between like, like I think I like you. Yeah, you we're want, we, we we brothers like we're, Stan. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh the Eminem song Stan. Uh <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Just like Stan. No, but I mean it's it's more it's more him draw it's more Cletus Cassidy drawing parallels based on based on fatherhood and and and, and you know growing up with a deadbeat dad and stuff like that where i would say their similarities kind of end there there's a big difference between serial killer rapist murderer uh you know versus eddie brock who's just all around narcissistic asshole <laughs> there's a there's a difference there uh but jay did you like venom let there be carnage it's one of the things we and you were talking about mm while while watching the trailers and stuff like that is like this seems a whole lot like the original one where we're going to get into a big tonal mess right we're gonna have these we're gonna have the, this, this dark tone this dark film with this dark subject matter and we're also going to try to like ham fist this fucking humor in there that just because it's pg-13 doesn't make any sense and it almost looks like they're like yeah, let's just do the Marvel formula as best we can that's what that's what the first one felt like and that's what these trailers feel like Here's the difference, though. This movie came in with that in mind. Mm -hmm. They knew they wanted the humor to be a part of it. Especially in the first time. From the get-go. Correct. Whereas the first one, Ruben Fleischer made a completely different movie, and Sony's like, reshoots and redos and add these jokes, and here's this thing, and do that, and then we'll make it all happen in editing where it, it it didn't feel like it worked because of that reason this time around the humor and everything was there from the get-go that's yeah. what they wanted from the movie and that's what we ultimately wound up getting and i'm gonna tell you i didn't love it i didn't hate it i laughed a few times i certainly laughed. i told think i told you i think i laughed four times out loud and i was like oh okay. why don't you eat them sonny and Cher, they're friends <laughs> <laughs> but like but, but seriously, like, you know, it was very over the top and it was very like abrasively like a bit annoying. But right. again, but the fact majority that it, of it was, but also at the same time, it was really funny at, at some time. But the fact but, that it was purposely so that way. Yeah, but same time goes a long way. It, it, but but then at times it got so long and it got to the fact that it was like he, you know, Venom's jumping from body to body. It's like, really? Like, how's he, how's this getting away with this? Like, just. Jumping from body to body in the middle of the fucking city, just like taking over people and in doing the same way, shit. in the same way, Riot did it on his way to to the Life Foundation in the original one. He was in the astronaut, and then but he, that was a finale sequence. No, that was in the very beginning. Was it the 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 astronauts find the the, the find the symbiotes? Yeah, and the the one astronaut survives the crash, walks into the southeastern village, jumps from body to body till it gets to a little girl, who then gets on a plane and goes all the way over to San Francisco, where it meets the Life Foundation yeah. and stuff. So, so ultimately, for me, we've with, gotten that before. Yeah, that's not unusual. This was extremely extremely tight. It was such a short fucking movie. Ninety six minutes. And I felt it. I felt the hard cuts. I felt the hard edits. Jay, you ready, like, you ready for this? Damn. This, this movie made a million dollars per its minute in its runtime this weekend. <laughs> per minute in its runtime. Wild. Wild. But ultimately, the best part of this whole movie was the end credit scene. <laughs> okay. We will break that down in the Easter eggs. Uh, but I think coming around this time, having the humor in mind and making it a full part of the film made it a better film experience 
However, it still is a mess. There's, I can't reconcile. I, just, I don't understand how people rewatch this movie. I I can't. Oh, I'll rewatch this a ton. I can tell you that I will watch this more than I watch the original Venom, See, and I've I seen the original Venom several yeah. times. Uh, but that that's that, that's probably more so where eventually like I, there's things that I will that I like about this movie. There's things, and I'll watch it for those things that I like, and I'll I'll, I'll talk more specifics in the spoilers. But ultimately, like this was a fine, okay movie. Like I watched it, I was like, fine, okay, cool, it's done, okay, yeah, I had a good time. Not unhappy that I saw this. I was expecting more with Carnage. Not oh, I was I, I expected to get into the villain so much more like deeper. I wasn't quite expecting like Joker or anything like that, but like I was expecting I I honestly thought we were going to spend a fair bit of time with Woody Harrelson. Yeah. And you barely got anything. Barely got anything. I mean, so much of this movie is is exposition, right? There's a few yeah. things that happen where, like, Eddie's trying to put together these mysteries about Cletus Cassidy, and Venom's just like, oh, did you see the pictures on the wall? Look at this. 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 Ah! And Venom just solves it for him. And it's just like, okay. And, and like, I felt like we just blipped through mm-hmm. what could have been 20 minutes of, of runtime there. Where that that he was like you know doing research and being an investigator. This is a movie of the editing room. They shot a bunch of bullshit. I don't know if they, they did. Th- I think they threw. No, I think they definitely did. I think they. I don't know if they I did. I think they filmed a ton of stuff, and because of the way this movie is and the way it was edited in the final product, it was so lean, where you can easily see that. Yeah, I mean, it's I, just you can't argue that. I mean, it is so blatant. I don't think. I, I don't know. I, I I don't think there's much, and it's you can get away with it because it's like okay, we can shoot for something great and long, and if it doesn't work, we know how to tighten it all up. I don't. I I, I don't think that. I think this was. I think this was a a probably a pretty tight script. My, my guess is this script was probably no more than 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 110 minutes. We probably cut out maybe about 10 minutes of this movie if there was a lot done on the editing room floor i don't think there was i think i think this is exactly what sony wanted to do i think sony wanted to just do their follow-up to venom wanted to make their money and wanted to do what they did with the end credit scene make another billion dollar venom to 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 get to get venom to the point where they can now cross him over with their spider-man franchise and that's where tom hardy's venom will live and that's exactly what they wanted to do and they didn't need to spend a whole lot of money to do it. They just needed to close that carnage loop. That's it. They just had, they, they they put that out there, and they just had to do maximum carnage. And they did the most basic bitch version mm. of maximum carnage that they possibly could. Good point. That is a good point. So, we we did get maximum carnage in that Venom and Carnage fought. Um, did we get a whole lot of carnage? Not really. I mean, carnage is a serial killer symbiote, right? Like, and, and we have, they didn't even get into the fact that they are a perfect symbiotic pair, that they are paired at the cellular level. They did show you that by the fact that like the, the, the carnage symbiote can like separate and bullets pass through them and stuff like that. And there's no Cletus Cassidy on the inside. So we essentially saw that they were, that they were a perfect symbiotic pair, uh, but we it's not anything that's discussed like venom even says like that is a red one okay what does that mean ah shit to most audience members it's like what does that mean he's red okay cool but like what does that mean like why should i as an audience member that doesn't know you know about the perfect symbiotic pair why should that frighten a character like venom who is seemingly all powerful 
Yeah, it's true. They also did a thing that 90s comics used to do. It's called fridging uh, the female character. You know, uh, classically, uh, Kyle Rayner goes off as Green Lantern, comes back, um, finds his girlfriend's head in a fridge. She was murdered. They did the same thing to uh, to Deadpool's girlfriend, Vanessa, in, in Deadpool 2. In this, Michelle Williams existed for the sole purpose of getting captured and being a damsel. Yeah. They fridged her. I, They didn't kill her. Oh, I know that might be spoilers, but... She was captured and used as the pawn. And it's the easiest money Michelle Williams has ever made in her life. Yeah, and I was like, I was actually intrigued by that character in the first movie. I really liked it. And here, her character- I was shocked that she even allowed it, to be honest. Her character's <laughs> regulated to a few jokes, a few quips. It's baffling. And, and Somebody of her caliber. And oh then she's God. and then she's just she's just a, a pawn used against Venom, and, and she's very quickly rescued and regulated to safety. <laughs> You know, it's just I just don't get it. For for me watching and nobody expects that from her. For me watching this, I was just like, okay. Um yeah, I wish we had a little bit more there. I mean, watching this, I just felt like it this was a movie that was just surface. Everything was just there for you on the surface. We established the Venom character and Eddie Brock in the first one. We don't need to go deeper with their character, right? We'll just play up their whole their, their whole odd couple scenario, and we'll quickly resolve that as well after some time apart. Um, you know, Cletus Cassidy, mustache twirling villain. We know he's a bad guy because he's in jail for being a serial killer. What's his motivation? We'll just give him a girl. Okay, he's got a girl. What can that girl do? Well, she screams really loud. What does she do? She blindly follows Cletus Cassidy into the final fight. And there's not much development for a relationship there. Just the exposition that you got beforehand. Mm-hmm. That's done in a little cartoon. They do a little cartoon of their relationship building and stuff like that. And that's it. That's all you're going to get. This movie is just all on the surface. There's not much going on depth-wise. And for me, I guess that's okay. You know, I really like this character. As I, th- I think there's a lot of depth to explore with with Eddie Brock. Um in the comics, but I think that stuff might be to come. You know, I think they would. I like, think the better stuff is ahead. Yeah, I think so. I too. really do. I think so too. Believe um, it or not, but Jay, uh, that that's all I'm going to talk about of of Venom. You know, uh, let there be carnage. What is your score for it? Uh, first movie was a C. I'm going to stick with the C okay. for the second movie. Because yeah, you originally came in, you were like C minus. I was like, you can't, because this is still technically a better movie than the first one. Just. Technically, even the, the script, more, well, even the script's better. The maybe when you said that, I kind of rethink it because, I, yeah. like I told you, I, I did not rewatch the first movie, but the more I thought about it, hard the first movie's utter garbage. And we talked about it a little bit more. I realized, okay, you know, this one was better on that second part. Movie, second movie was better in this part. The blah, symbiote blah, blah, in the first it movie balanced each other out. The symbiote in the first movie, Riot, seemed far more dangerous than Carnage did. And Carnage is supposed to be the ultimate BA of all symbionts. But, you know, I don't know why I'm censoring myself in this show. He's the ultimate badass of all symbionts, right? Like, he's he's the most perfect of them. He's the 999th symbiote that, that, that's ever been made. And he is all the more deadly because of him sitting at the top of that symbiote pyramid above Venom. Or Venom's number 998. And Riot just seemed more of an imposing force than Carnage did in this movie. Mm-hmm. And and that's the villain from the first one. So I, I'm ready for Venom to leave Symbiote um, 
adversaries behind after this, for sure. But I still think this was technically a better movie than the original Venom. Overall, put together. Overall, just, just because I think they went in with this idea of the movie being this. Okay. Being schlocky, being cheesy, being comedic. Which, again, was the opposite of what I thought they were going to come back with after the first movie. Me too. And, and Me too. I keep under estimating or over I've been I keep, are you so underestimating I, 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 the studio or are you I, overestimating the audience it's the fucking <laughs> studio I keep thinking that Sony wants to make good movies and now I have no no faith in Morbius at oh, all no. it's gonna be literally a, a, a if you thought a copy and paste at least with of Venom, Venom it was some degree. at least with Venom you could say degree. you could say there's a fan base from the comics that are there that would definitely go see it I don't think there's any comic book fan that's just like, oh no, a Morbius movie is gonna be fucking dope. That's it. Like, there's the, the, it's it's Jared Leto fans and Jared Leto fans alone. The rest of us will go see for the curiosity of how this all ties together, given the mm-hmm. Easter egg that we got at the end of the uh, the the yeah the the, the post credit scene that we get at the end of Let There Be Carnage. Like right. that that's the only reason I'll go see Morbius now is to see how all this starts tying together. Um, I have no interest in Morbius whatsoever. But no, I don't think Sony was actually out to make a good movie. I think Sony was out to make an entertaining movie that spoke to a general audience that got general audience dollars. And like it or not, Jay, they got the general audience dollars. Ninety millions, the most successful movie to come out since March of twenty twenty. Since the whole pandemic thing began, sure, true. This uh, had a more successful opening weekend than even Marvel Shang Chi. So, yeah, and hopefully James Bond can top this. So Sony's going to bring you your 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 bowl of crow, and you're going to have to eat it for them. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> uh, for me, I am giving this a C plus. All right, I mostly enjoyed it for the most part. Still lamenting what isn't there that. I feel should be there. There's nothing there for these characters. These characters are all nothing. Correct. They are black and red splotches on the screen, smashing each other, and there's a Highly few jokes that'll make you laugh. And Correct. and that's it. Well and there's still plenty of shit that'll make you the, scratch your head. Well <laughs> yeah. So the joke sequences are the only things that are rewatchable. Everything story wise, even the final action act completely forgettable right not worth revisiting and how the symbiote is a better investigative reporter than eddie brock himself i'll, I'll never fucking understand that well again <laughs> exposition dump it's yeah. just convenience to it was just convenient move, keep things moving along keep it moving along come on yeah. and then even like during their separation i thought that we were going to get to like a point where it's like these two need each other and it's like there'll be you just don't buy it there'll it's be just, a catalyst it's weird and the catalyst just turned out being michelle williams yelling at them both and then both turning into little simps and just being like okay you're right we'll do what you say <laughs> uh it's it was weird. just just jay let's get into uh spoilers real quick spoiler warning spoiler warning spoiler warning all right so the only really big spoiler to talk about uh, is the fact of that end credit scene? I I can't really think of like anything. I mean, I love that end credit scene. First off, I, mean, I guess we'll start here. Okay. I I did talk about this scene a little bit in the beginning. I absolutely loved Venom jumping into other people's bar- body at like the party. 
and him just getting up on stage and essentially coming out without I realizing. Don't know why I don't remember that. That's weird. Yeah, he gets on. He he stops the band. He gets on stage. I and love it though. I he essentially comes out and he and he's just like he's like I never thought anyone would accept me, but you have accepted oh, me that. as are, I am. Is that what that was? It was almost like he was coming out. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I know exactly. That's what kind of the joke, it wasn't Jay. Great. It was like a banquet or something it or, was a party it was a party it was a party like a rave or it was, something like, it was like, like a street party a rave yeah. pop-up rave whatever they were all like offbeat people. everyone's dropping molly is essentially what's yes. going on a lot of glow sticks yes. a lot of glow sticks of people touching things but like venom is essentially coming out there and it's like i guess this makes sense this is a love story between venom and eddie so yeah it's just identity being, and if you think about being it odd being off kilter perhaps but also being yourself if you think and about it with michelle williams that. character you know going off and and getting married now to to her to the doctor from the first the one mr square yeah well he but he turns out to not be so mr square he has the biggest character development in the movie <laughs> <laughs> oh my god he earns eddie's respect and and, and this actor that we all recognize but we have no idea who his name is <laughs> I mean, don't even look it up it's not even worth it it's keep, keep him a mystery yeah keep him i think that's how he likes it he wants to stay under the radar yeah um <laughs> character actor it's extraordinary amazing that he was like casted in this movie and it's like well is this not, is he like a like a secretly like really good friend of tom hardy or something like that is that why he got casted like what the hell's going on here i mean um, i don't know but well, like, I, I recognize him i've seen him and shit it's just like but, well, but but I'm not you, you wrong. Actually, did a lot more in this movie than I ever expected yeah. you to. I mean, when he rushes in more to when he rushes in to, to, to save Anne from from sure. from everything and stuff sure. like he earns Eddie and Venom's respect there. And like Venom previously wanted to eat him, but then like at the end he earns his respect. Mm-hmm. So uh, he had the most character development out of anybody in the movie. <laughs> Jay, his name is Reed Scotts, and you probably recognize him most from Veep. Yes, the assistant, I believe. Yes, yes. Never watched the show, but I know that. Yeah, but he's in a lot. Of, he he he's just he's in a, a lot. He's of a show. working actor. He's a working actor. He he has a better house than you and I. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, but yeah, so so he does have the most character development in the movie. That's uh, just realizing that now. Interesting. It is. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, and credit scene. Yeah, and end credits. They set it up beautifully. Mid credit scene. I love that they're trying to get away from the end end credit scene. Well, Jay, e- so so this is what happens when a couple fights, right? And they kind of had their reconciliation. Now it's time you go out, you bang out, you have a good time. Well, now, now it's time just to focus on the two of you. And the best way to Correct. do that is to go on vacation without the kids. You know, so you yeah. go on vacation and, and bang it out. Yeah. And they go on vacation, but Eddie <laughs> Eddie's broke. He lost sure, sure. he lost all clout after after you know what he did uh in the first movie so he doesn't have a whole lot of money daily bugles not really paying the bills um and in this universe it was funny though the ending of the movie well it streams into the end credit scene i'm getting to the beat scene like it's like whoa that's what i'm talking to sunset blah 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 then all of a sudden you know he cut to the mid credit scene end credit scene whatever and they're still there right so 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 they go they go on vacation they go to the beach um but they go they, they go cheap they're in a shitty cheap motel Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the ceiling fan squeaks, the 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 bed the bed squeaks when you jump on it. The TV's barely visible. It's all yeah. Telemundo. Uh, they're they're watching a telenovela. Uh, and all of a sudden there is a big yellow flash, and mm. you see kind of like the walls collapse and rebuild, and almost in an instant the room is transformed to a pretty posh you know hotel room with a non squeaky fan going on. And the TV cuts in, and it's J. Jonah Jameson 
saying Peter Parker is Spider-Man. It's the exact same dialogue and image that we saw at the end of Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So whatever happened, Eddie is no longer in the world that he was in. He's no longer in that universe because in that universe, the Daily Bugle was a newspaper. Eddie wrote for the West Coast version of the Daily Bugle. We even saw the cop, Flanagan, right. reading the Daily Bugle West Coast edition newspaper. But in the Spider-Man world, in, in the MCU world, it is a, a, a website. It is a dot com. It is a Rush Limbaugh type thing. It's a podcast. It's a, you know, it, it's it's a multimedia news conglomerate, but existing solely online that is run by J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. And now Eddie's in that world where that is the version of of J. Jonah that we're getting. And essentially, Eddie Brock and Venom are now in the MCU. They just got brought over in a flash. What was the yellow flash? Probably had something to do with the fact of all the yellow magic that Doctor Strange uses. And when he's doing that entire incantation and and procedure with Peter and Peter's like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I don't want MJ to forget. I don't want to have to tell her all this all over again. Oh, but you got to leave Ned. Oh, and Aunt May. And it's like, it doesn't really work like that. And he starts fucking up the spell because of his mind going in multiple different yeah, places and hearing Peter and getting distracted. And stuff Big like old that. flash. And I think, I think that flash is, yeah. is the doctor strange spell. Yeah. The multiverse is, or it could be the fact that Loki broke the multiverse and created multiple versions of the, of, of everybody. I don't know. I don't know how deep this is going to go, but it's probably more strange. I think it's probably more or less the doctor strange thing. You don't overcomplicate things. We're keeping it within the yeah. Sony realm. So I think, I think that's what's going on. But interestingly enough, the last time Venom was in a movie that wasn't Tom Hardy, it was Topher Grace and it was Spider-Man three where J Jonah Jameson was still played by by uh, J.K. Simmons was still played by, where 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 J. Jonah Jameson was still played by J.K. Simmons and uh, we're getting all the villains from Spider Man three and Spider Man two back for Spider Man No Way Home. My question is, could we get a standoff between Tom Hardy and Topher Grace? Whoa, whoa. I don't know why I want it so bad because Topher Grace's Venom was fucking terrible, but I want Whoa. it. I want it. I know. If for only reason, then for for Eddie and just Venom, for fan, uh, just to fucking for eat, fun alone, just to fucking eat them and just destroy them in like a second. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Just 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 to end it. I think Topher Grace would actually sign on to do he it. He would. He's such a nerd. He'd be like, I'm no, down. he would. Topher would. He's like, I'm down. I'll he has it. no career anyway. No, he's on. He's on a hit TV show on ABC right now. No, we watch ABC. I, I watch the show. It's pretty good. I like it. Oh. It's about two poor siblings who have a rich sibling. <laughs> is he the rich one? He is not the rich one. Oh. He's the writer who is barely getting by because his books barely sell. But, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, uh, he, He's the nerdy one. Far too smart for good for him. Anyway, it's a good show. It's fine. It's I, it's as good as a sitcom can be. It's correct. It's just fine. Which is all you can hope for. It's a time waste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is also means it's it's exactly what makes a sitcom successful. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, well that's true too. But yeah, I I thought that was interesting that like you know we're we're getting J Jonah Jameson back as, as, as played by J K Simmons and that was in the previous Spider Man universe. We're getting Doc Ock who was in the previous Spider Man universe and now Venom is in this universe who wasn't seen in this universe or in any universe since mm. Sam Raimi. Also, Multiverse of Madden is being directed by Sam Raimi. I don't I'm just seeing so many parallels and so many the lines It's it's 
fun. Right. And the great thing it's is like you I got can, one of those sprinkle him in at any given moment. I got one of those you know detective web diagrams and stuff like that going on on the on the chalkboard, but I don't quite have all the pieces to solve the yeah. mystery yet. We're just going to have to wait for no. the movies to come out. But Yeah, you're not using permanent marker for anything. No, no, but <laughs> but it's all there. You know, it's no, it's, it's there. The, the the pieces are out. Yeah, it's just it's it's, it's, it's just a matter be, of like where you're going to put them, how you're going to play them. So what happens from here? With Venom. Just speculation. D- does he make an appearance in No Way Home? Yeah. Because there's been a lot of people who have said that Tom no, he Hardy won't. has been near set or, or around, no, around no, the, the No Way Home set. It's going to be, it, it, it'll be, it'll be tight. It'll be brief. They've done press but together before, him and Tom Holland. Him and Tom Holland like it's to, stupid not to, like to talk about things on social media and they kind of joke and stuff like that, but never say anything concrete. Um, well, they also probably film near each other. Anyway, yeah. But- but regardless, I think it's I think it's certain to say the next time we see Venom will probably be either in a Sony Spider-Man movie or we will see flat out Tom Holland in a Venom movie or a just Spider-Man four is Venom three and they're together. Possible Man of Steel, Man of Steel two became Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. I think it's a strong move. I think it's to the, rebrand Venom as far as like I know, think it's the only move you have for the Venom character again, now. Like I said, I I think I've said this before. I think Venom is better sprinkled in. I honestly I don't like it as here, a full on feature. Thing. Here's what I thought was going to happen. It's too much. I thought he was gonna see Spider Man on the screen and I thought Venom was the, the symbiote, not Eddie, was gonna be like I like that. And he was gonna change the the sim I thought he was going to change the how the symbiote looks and bring all those white lines that are all around it together mm. and make the venom spider symbol mm. on the chest. I thought that was going to happen. That that was my that was my going into the movie before seeing it before I even knew what the what the end credit scene was going to be. I thought that that's how they were going to end it with him making the white you know uh, spider on yeah. the chest of venom. I thought yeah. they were going to do that. But they didn't. But I can almost guarantee you, the first time Venom sees Spider Man, he's going to do that. He's going to he's going to put the white symbol on there. I just get the feeling. Yeah. I, 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 it's such an iconic part of the character. It'd be a fun, yeah. It'd be a fun fan service. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let us know what you guys think. What are they going to do with the Venom character? Because I don't think we have. I I don't. Well, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear what your thoughts are. Without Spider Man, I I've, I've said this before. I don't think a Venom movie should have existed without without him being and, in contact. And, and with that's Spider-Man. why I think he's going to be in this movie because they think the it's it's you have to. You, I don't it's, think it's time to branch. But remember, off. Sony so, and we, I talked about this before already. But Sony doesn't want to share too much of what they got going on with what the MCU has it on. They've done so much to try and distance themselves. From Sony, there was such a backlash, and they were worried that they weren't going to make money that they signed on for another Spider-Man movie, when and for Tom Holland to have another appearance in the MCU. Correct. So Tom Holland still needs to make another appearance in the MCU before Sony is completely devoid of the MCU. So I don't think they're going to want Venom to show up in No Way Home because that is still quote unquote an MCU movie. Mm. So I don't if if he's in there, it's only going to be as a very brief cameo or. As simply a mention, but never seen. No, he's gonna be. He's gonna, it's gonna be brief. I don't think it's gonna be anything substantial. I don't, I don't think they're gonna want to show him because that technically brings Venom into the overall MCU, and I Sony doesn't want that. Remember, they want to build their own Spider Verse, which is why this whole multiverse thing is happening because they need Spider Man by the end of No Way Home to no longer be in the MCU, essentially, to be out of the MCU. 
out of that universe into his own universe because they don't want to share him anymore. And if they don't want to continue sharing him, then they need to get him out of that universe because we will, as, as fans and as an audience, we will always go, why don't you call up your buddy, Dr. Strange there, kid? Hey, why don't you call up happy Hogan? Haven't seen him in a while. You know, you got all the Avengers on speed dial fucking hit them up the next time the vulture comes fucking knocking on your door for Christ's sakes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so if Sony wants to have their Spider-Man cake and eat it too, they need them out of the MCU, which is why this whole no you know no way home thing is going on. So I don't think they're going to want to split Ven- I think it's far more likely that Venom will be in in a later Sony property along with Tom Holland, a later Sony Sony uh Spider-Man project. With Tom Holland. He's now, trying to make some kind of appearance, Dave. Well, there's some people who are speculating that he is the the sixth member of the Sinister Six. We know that we're getting Norman Osborn, right? Because we got the pumpkin bomb and all that sure. stuff. We know that we've got Doc Ock. We know that we've got Sandman. We know that we've got Electro. And I believe there's still the Vulture or some some other character out there. But anyway, I know that there's five villains. Five. Oh, the lizard. Sorry, the lizard from right. from from the Amazing right. Spider-Man stuff. So we got five villains that we know from the trailer from the way home that are going to show up. But you need six to be a Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. So some people are saying that Venom is the sixth member, is the Sinister Six. It'd be fitting. It'd be a good surprise. I think it's going to be Mysterio. Okay. Secret Jake Gyllenhaal. Bickety bam! Never died, motherfucker. That would be also. A great that's the one. only. That, that's the only it way. Would also be a great surprise. It's the only way you can clear Spider Man's name, right? Is if he never killed Quentin Beck. Mm. You have to expose him for the bad guy that he was. Right. And you can only do that. that makes with, sense. You can only do that with Quentin Beck alive, which is why I think Quentin Beck will show up to be the sixth member of the Sinister Six, unless he's disguised as one of those other villains. Oh, who knows? Who knows? We technically already got Sandman, I think, with uh, with with all the elemental creatures that Mysterio was was building. Wasn't that kind of like a salmon? We kind of got like a Hydra Man and a fire uh, and a Pyro Man and a and a Rock Man and a yeah, who fucking knows? It was fucking I was not happy with those in that movie, but I still like that movie cuz I like Tom Holland and I uh, and I like Jake Joe and all. And I thought they did a fine they, job once that reveal happened. They kind of went for broke. Fuck yeah. that reveal was fucking so good in that movie. It was wild. It was really jarring. Yeah, a, a, still very jarring. After, I still couldn't believe it. After he I was the, sold. But you, told me. but you, 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 you didn't know that Quentin Beck was the bad guy. Like you've never, you never at least like seen an image of knowing that Mysterio is a Spider-Man villain. No, <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is this is why this show exists because Jay knows nothing about comics. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I like that. Fair enough. I, I go in it blindly as a moviegoer, not as a nerd or not as a comic guy, not as a comic gay, whatever. I love how you regulate me to like the fucking fat character from The Simpsons. Worst episode ever. <laughs> you may take the boy. Our transaction is completed. I, I come at it from a different angle. That's all. <laughs> right, but it's just it's just the way you. I'm not a comic book guy. I'm not. This has been the worst episode ever. ever. That's gonna do it for Super Movie Bros this week. I want to thank all you guys for listening. Uh, yeah. Check out the links in the episode description. That's where you can find some other shit that's going on. And uh, I'm not going to really go on too much. That's where the Instagram is, the uh, Facebook, the Twitters, all that stuff. You guys know how to click on links. Love y'all. Have a great one. Cheers. Cheers.